Hello and welcome to Season 4 Power Talks. Power Talks are short, powerful interviews from leading youth violence experts, spreading new ideas and sharing best practice. For more information on the work our charity Power the Fight does and to discover how you can help empower communities to end youth violence, please visit www.powerthefight.org.uk. On today's episode, we are joined by Jack Reynolds, co-founder and chief executive at Football Beyond Borders, speaking on football and therapy. A little bit over the last couple of years, I've been really excited to have you on Power Talk um, and your organisation, which I'll let you introduce and introduce yourself in a moment, it's an organisation from a power to fight perspective we have looked at and seen and thought, man, the framework and what you're doing and the impact you're having is inspiring to us. So would you like to introduce yourself and who you are, what you do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm Jack Reynolds. I'm the co-founder and the chief executive at Football Beyond Borders. Um, Football Beyond Borders, well, there's all sorts of ways to talk about it. I'll tell you the little formal thing. You know, mm. we work with young people who are passionate about football, but disengaged at school. And we work with them from age 12 to 16 in order that they'll finish school, first of all, um, develop the kind of core social and emotional skills we know are crucial to that next step, and get the English and Maths GCSE. Wow. That's your top level. Bit. That's the top level. Below that surface level, the way I often like to talk about it is that we build trusting relationships around shared passions during difficult times. Right. We can all think about age 11, age 12, age 13, age 14, moving out of that family home, making new friends, finding our identity in the world. That is a difficult, difficult phase. Yeah. And we know the people who we are close to at that stage, adults and, 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 and young people, have a massive impact on the person that yeah. you want to become. And we persist with football, football beyond borders, even though everything we do is you know, education, youth work focus, we persist with football because we see it as the most powerful tool we have for building those relationships. I mean, it sounds amazing and it's my passions as well. So you're combining young people, you're combining <laughs> football. Um, but I think there's so much more from what I've from what I've seen from you guys. So I think one of the first times uh, we connected is when Powder Fight put out our tip report, our yeah. Fair Intervention for Peace Report. Um, I actually think that the first time I met maybe Joe um, at some sort of like round table event, yep. talking about young people being like excluded and how we kind of do about it and what we do about it. And I just saw his passion. And you know, when you just connect with someone, you're like, oh my goodness, this I want to know more about what you're doing and stuff. And then he's like, like football beyond borders. And I was like, football beyond borders. And I couldn't work it, work it out. Cause I was like, oh, so what do you do? It's like, is it just, is it a football organization? Is it a football chat? And then the more I sort of unpeeled, you know, the layers of what you guys are doing, I realized actually there's a lot of synergy between power to fight and, oh. um, and football beyond borders, particularly around your your therapeutic side of stuff. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about Definitely. that? Because that for me, I was like, oh, it's like kindred spirit. I was like, this is this yeah. is incredible. So tell us a little Loving bit about it. that. Great to hear Joey, Joe Watford, FBB's head of policy. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know who he is, we'll do soon. Look him up. Um great to hear him getting reference. And yeah, he goes out, he's hugely passionate about our work. He's he's 
drafted this their pit and tracksuit report, which we've just launched, which has a lot of overlap. Which I was at the, the, the launch, which Stadium, I mean, yeah. as a Chelsea supporter, to go to Tottenham and acknowledge that a <laughs> anything in that ground was incredible was hard for me, but the event was amazing. Thank you. The venue's yeah. incredible anyway, but like there were so many young people, yeah, so much um, co-production, co-design, young people leading workshops. It was brilliant. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Appreciate it. And yeah, we do our showcase every year. It's all about putting young people, um, yeah, giving them a platform, letting them work out how they want to use that platform. And time and time again, surprise, surprise, they come through and they are brilliantly talented people as, as anyone who does this work and understands very, very quickly. In terms of the therapeutic work, third level of talking about FBB yeah. would be it's driven by a question. Question is, and it goes back to my upbringing, playing football in Birmingham with a bunch of boys, same team from age 8 to 16, boys who love football, but it just didn't translate across the school. Right. We all got to being 16. Two things happened, really. None of us made it to professional footballers. And most of us barely made it through school, really, let alone EGCSEs. Right. So the heart of FPB is this question. What does it take for our most vulnerable young people to thrive in school? That's The charity's built on that question. And that's fundamental because we get bigger, we get bigger. But we keep on asking that question and we keep on doing new things. The therapeutic side of what we do was not there right at the start. I was a coach and a youth worker, yeah. no clue about any of this space. Yeah. Two things were happening though. We were really involved in young people's lives. We were going to meetings with social services and for young people who had had all sorts of stuff happen to them at home, domestic violence, sexual abuse, and everyone was sitting around a bunch of professionals saying, what can we do? Oh, you know, they've had all sorts happen to them. Let's send them to a counsellor. Brilliant. We come back three months later, all the professionals, clipboards out, doing their assessments. Um, has has, has, uh, has Ben been to his counselling session? And they'd all look and they'd say, oh, no, he didn't come in the end. So we saw something happening here. We'd speak to the boys and the girls afterwards and they'd say to us, look, they don't look like us. They don't sound like us. I don't want to go across town to someone who has no idea about my life to talk about my feelings. Mm -hmm. So that was happening. Secondly, as you get bigger as an organisation, there's a temptation just to do work, which is a little bit easier. <laughs> yes. Always the temptations there, right? The money stacks up, da, 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 everyone's happy. But because we've got this question at the heart of what we do, that's not an option for us. So we're realizing, we're now working with that, you know, three years ago, working with about a thousand young people. And we're seeing that about 80% of our young people are, are doing well, right? The, the rewards with whatever, Ian Wright are, are pulling them through, the, the brilliant relations with our staff team are pulling them through. But 20% of our young people were saying all the right things, trying to do all the right things, but it was just falling down. Right. So we realized if we're going to keep these young people in school and get them to thrive, they need another place in their life to be able to work through the things that happened to them. Because those were the young people who we were seeing in those same meetings with social services, the same young people who had all sorts of horrible stuff happening to them outside of school, which made it really hard for them to, to succeed. We took a look around just before Powderfight existed. Otherwise, we could have saved ourselves a lot of effort. <laughs> and we basically said, look, let's do it. Let's train up our own our own cohort of what we would talk about. And you would talk about culturally competent therapists. Yeah. And so at the heart of the model of FBB now is about how you can get combine professionals with the lived experience of our young people. They get it. Yeah. They live in the community working. They often look and, and sound like our young people. But also with the best qualifications there are to do work at depth with young people. And at the moment, the sector is just completely stratified, one or the other, yeah. teaching assistants. So we work in a lot of South London schools, mm. often 
uh, we see a lot of black African, black Caribbean teaching assistants. They'll always say to me, oh, I went to this school. Cool. What qualifications have you got? What pay have you got? Yeah. Uh, very little qualification, often some exceptions and often the lowest paid. So we're yeah. saying how we got a system where the young people who we know require the most expertise to, to support are being worked with by the lowest paid yeah. people in the sector. And we come back a year later and guess what? Those TAs had often gone because they were here in agency work, because they were always looking to move on to get to get a bit more money, maybe done other qualifications. So that's where the therapeutic part of our model came from. I mean, oh, wow. There is so much in what you've just said there. <laughs> yeah. Which resonates massively. Um, as I've said before, it with our therapeutic intervention for peace support, everything you've just said there is what we researched um, in a six-month period. Yeah. And it was kind of like, absolutely, representation is important. Um, young people seeing people who look like them, but also understand the culture around them. Um, how you create professional environments where you're seeing people from the community actually coming in and working on the slide, young people and teachers and, and parents. And all the things like you just said, that disconnect between what you see in the sector and what young people actually need and want and that co-production and that co-design is often not there. So the fact that you guys clocked that, mm. um, it was so inspiring for us. It was almost like validation. Um, when we put the report out, we, I didn't know you guys, but then very quickly I was like, oh, wow, actually here's another organisation who's doing this and takes the cultural competency or cultural sensitivity seriously. Why do you think more youth organizations don't value that as much i mean is it is it just easier not to think about that i think there has been possibly a shift post george floyd where some of these conversations are being like on the table a little bit more but that disconnect's an interesting one because it feels like it's just sensible mm -hmm. isn't it since why wouldn't you engage in a way where you're trying to create um uh, employment which really looks like the, the young people you're serving mm. hundreds of ways to <laughs> yeah. take that question yeah um uh, and i think you're right in, in some ways that it's changing um i think one way I, to talk about it a, way, a little bit goes back to what you're saying about the annual showcase yeah. and just that ongoing conversation between young people who we work with and people who are senior in organizations there's loads you know we could talk about structural stuff mm. living wage stuff the fact that charities and youth work organizations are often chronically underfunding that there's no funding for training that let alone supervision therapy and there's a whole funding landscape which is yeah. doesn't want to fund the stuff that it will take because it's not you know you're you're a 22 year old who's uh grown up in, in lewisham we spoke yeah. about you growing up in lewisham right it's probably a bit of a big step for them to think they might want to be a therapist or to, so there is that going on. But I think within FBB, the reason we are clocking these things is we have always tried to keep it as a space where young people feel like their voice matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go to that showcase and it's, I'm not on stage. So I've got the bit about a girl, you, I was there, you weren't the chief, you're the chief, you were on stage, <laughs> you know, these are debates, right? Maybe I should have said something, but, um, but young people host it. They're there. Everything's run by them. Yeah. You come into our office. It's you know it's an open office. Anyone can come in and, and chat. There's often young people around, and I think there is something about an organisation which genuinely is interested mm -hmm. in what in the life experience of young people. Yeah, 
COVID was a really difficult time to run an organization, not to make this about leadership, but I think there was a leadership bit within this as well, because it became very, very easy to be completely ignorant of the reality of what was going on in your organization. And I think a lot at the moment about assistant politicians, funders, um, leadership of any reasonable size organization yeah. there is that split there's the the real world and, and the the make-believe world yeah. essentially right and I've, I've done this myself i've fallen to, to temptation to just live in the make-believe world of metrics and yeah. things filtering up yeah and it's hard to take yourself out of that space and be like oh this works on paper the mm -hmm. qualifications work on paper but the the reality of it just doesn't work yeah. it's messy yeah. so oh it's a big, I mean, it's a big question and I think you're right. It, it is messy. And I think what you said at the start where as you get bigger, uh, there's this moment we've definitely seen where we haven't had to chase as much mm. funding as we would have done at the start. Mm. A lot of opportunities come our way, but not every opportunity necessarily sits with the values of the mm. organisation. Mm -hmm. And therefore you have to make some really tough decisions um, and therefore keeping that kind of ethos and like what you're saying that how do you make sure that uh, that question you asked at the start how do you make sure you keep going back to that it takes mm. a lot of hard work mm. particularly when you've got stuff like covid um and other things you you'll you'll be aware um particularly in the london context that this conversation around violence affecting young people isn't going anywhere um and tragically we lost 30 young people in the London context um, to violence last year, 2021. Um, how has that impact? I suppose I've got a few questions, um, particularly with you, you work with so many young people. I don't always like to just, without heart, I really like listening to the headlines. I'd rather talk to people who are actually on the ground working. How has that, first of all, impacted you, like your young people that you're working with? Is it a thing? Is it something which young people are talking about and they see in their communities and therefore with the trauma side of stuff you have to engage with um and how has it impacted your practice knowing that there's this backdrop where there's fear and trauma in, in young people's lives mm -hmm. so it's absolutely uh, affected I, lots of our young people i don't know but Anecdotally, the amount of young people who we were who haven't had lost somebody close to them to to, to knife crime um, would increase to being a minority, right? Yeah. That, that of course the reality of it. I think also you talk about London. Actually, it also just isn't specifically a, a, a London issue, um, or you know, let's name it right, or a, a, a black African black Caribbean issue. You know, so at the moment I'm. I have been our safeguarding lead for a long time, long like the work that we do. You know, Salford is an example. There's madness happening in Salford in Manchester, yeah. right? We often know where poverty, um, broader deprivation, lack of opportunities align. These are violence comes out of it. It's a whole other conversation, but I just think it's important to name that. Absolutely. Um, I should say, um, at this point, give pay tribute to a boy called Zayan. Um, he was in the fourth year of our program, uh, and, and and was one of those boys who 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 died. Um, and I think 
it's hard. I don't like to talk a lot about knife crime because of the young people who we work with. It's a part of their of their reality. It surrounds them, but it's also a small part of their personalities and who they are, right? But particularly at the moment, we've seen it with, with Zayan, who was just getting on with his life, right? And even like questions, you know, we're talking in advance about what, how does that, what is the work that we do do to prevent youth violence? I even find that a difficult question to talk about because even answering it brings to mind a whole load of assumptions about the young people we work with. So as an example, right, I'm thinking, cool, on one level, why is the work we do important because of youth violence? And I'll talk about two things specifically, three things. One, very quickly, right, we stop school exclusions and exclusions are a massive factor in leading to youth violence. Yeah. We can talk about that. But the thing I want to give as an example is I'm thinking, really, we are about relationships. We're about belonging, yeah. right? And we provide young people with a sense of belonging and, and a community and identity, mm -hmm. which is more powerful than other possible set areas of belonging yeah. but then i'm thinking th therefore gangs but then i'm thinking well that's not really right in for someone like zayan because like he wasn't involved in right. gangs and the whole rhetoric around that can be really problematic as well so so we do that right we, we provide a space a, a set of peer groups a community a sense of belonging people talk about the fb family we do use that word specifically uh, and powerfully because it is a place of, of of love and connection for for young men and women, and we know that that is probably one of the biggest protective factors against other people in our lives taking them down a different route. So that's just the 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 second part. Of what we do. and the third thing is that therapeutic work. Mm. You know, violence begets violence, yeah. and as your report laid out, best report I've seen on this subject, oh, the you. vast majority of young people who have been victims of youth violence, perpetrators of youth violence around youth violence they're also the ones who are least likely to find a space to to process that stuff and to work it out so um that aspect of our work is crucial yeah. for, for those young people and i see it now with um zayan's friends right they are working out their ways to process this and luckily they're in year four of the fb program the friendship around them is being beautiful right they're going around to zayan's house every day still taking his little brother to football, right? There's a yeah. French group around that. One of them, a boy called Jack, has written a brilliant song in it, explicitly says, music is my therapy, right? Yeah. But he's probably only got to that place that he can even talk in those terms because he's had time with our practitioners yeah. talking therapeutically about the things that, that, that so are difficult for him. It's so important what you're saying, and I, I really do appreciate you talking about Zayon. It's not an easy conversation oh. to, to have, um, but it's important what you're saying that. Now, youth violence is never uh, the cause, it's, it's a consequence of something else. Yeah. And I think it's really important that Football Beyond Borders or Power to Fight or whatever organisation to focus specifically on something which is a consequence yeah. and not look at all the other factors around the, mm -hmm. around a young person's life is ridiculous. So it's, it's absolutely amazing how you've articulated that and the things that you are doing um, I like the idea of, of a family. I like the idea, the fact that you said it's four years. Uh -huh. That just demonstrates the consistency, right? And how important the consistency in, in, in relationships in any level is really important. Um, I suppose a follow-on question is, I'm always one of these people who tries to think 
air and ground I talk yeah, about. It's, it's, about it's, I know, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's something which it, somebody, someone's going to say stop talking about it at some point. But I just think it's kind of like, it's, thing, man, it's my thing. I know, yeah, I, I, I just got to keep so, rolling. Yeah, I think about it sometimes. But I do think it's, it's this whole thing about systems yeah. and this micro and macro and what happens on the ground is really important, but we often don't think about the air. Yeah. What do you think from a systems perspective because you guys are doing such amazing work we're doing great work other people are doing great work but how can the the institutions the systems the local central government mayor what type of if you were like okay i need a couple of things to support the work that yeah. we're doing to help young people flourish yeah. is there anything which you would be you would yeah you would i mean want? god no, <laughs> you've got a list of about 100 no, but like get me on systems is, is, a, is a mad one right because of the fact that these sorts of things are so tied up with housing poverty yep. structural racism right it's super there's loads but I'll, I'll talk about the way that we're thinking about things in a moment and you know the word cloud which would come out of this would be is is about relationships yep. so first thing that we are talking about is that we want by 2030 for every uh, young person to have a trusted adult by their side throughout their teenage years Amazing. that's what we're asking for yeah right people you might be thinking god is 10 million young people. <laughs> the vast majority of our young people have that, right? It might be an auntie, it might be an uncle, it might be a mom, it might be a dad, it might be a, you know, it might be a football coach. Yeah. But we know, you look at the the, 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 the the research around this, time and time again, young people who end up excluded, youth violence, yeah. are young people who just probably didn't have that trusted relationship. Yeah. So that's the first thing that we want to talk about. We reckon there's about 200,000 young people in our school system at the moment. Wow who are going through their teenage years without an adult mm. who consistently cares about them and demonstrates that care through their actions. So that's our challenge for the that's system. The, the second thing that we're then talking about within how we would achieve that is this national training program for culturally competent um, therapeutic and pastoral practitioners. You yeah. see it, right? There's just a need for this space. 100%. There isn't. Youth work's been decimated. That's the time, you know, we started this in 2014. Youth work, you know, it kind of existed a little bit, but so much of the interest, so much of the, the, the nexus is now in schools, but just mm -hmm. the training and the workforce is not pulled through. So I love it. FPB, Power of the Fight, being a start of that movement where we say, look, we know this is what makes a difference. Let's put some serious money, some serious thought into a system which enables people from the community we work in to stick around and get paid well, be respected and get decent qualifications yes. to do the most important work you can do. Yeah. It's beautiful, this work. On it, like we, I get shivers thinking about being a, a teenager. It's this magical age. It's terrible in many ways, but it's so powerful. Yeah. It's where, yeah, oh, favorite song, right? Whatever song like, I was into when I was 14, you know, yeah. best memories of football when I was 13, 14, yeah. 15. That is the stage when we come alive more than anything else. But we also just need adults by our side yeah. through that stage. And that's what we're trying to achieve with FBB. Yeah, and I mean, I echo everything that you've said. Um, I I, I want to champion you. I want to partner with you guys because I think um, that idea of creating... Oh, I think you said so, I mean, so many things I'd love to pick up. I mean, paying, paying well is important. Yeah, it's so important. Exactly. Um, Supporting your workers in a in a in a context where their well being is oh, so God. at power to yeah. fight, whether you're admin support or whether you're a practitioner, 
everyone gets clinical super supervision in okay. in that organization yeah. that is not cheap but i've yeah. i've i've personally been in spaces youth offending services or community safety teams when you're doing so much frontline work and nobody cares about the trauma that you're going through when you're engaging with young people and families. So that is something which I think should just be standard yeah. in, in the youth sector. But we have to fight for that. So, I mean, everything you're saying, it gives me shivers. I'm like, yes, kindred spirits, people understand. So I think it's really good. I just want to, I suppose, I just want to finish on a little bit on this incredibly titled you know, sometimes I see things, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? It was like, this is a brilliant, like therapists, like, was it therapy to trans? Tra yeah, ther therapists in tracks. Therapists in tracks. Yeah. That is like therapists. In I saw this report and I was like, man, that is a brilliant name. And it's just, it's what's on the tin. So how did that come about? Was that your, was that your, was that your idea to call it that? Or uh <laughs> You can't take credit for it if it, well, if it was. Say, like, no, you, you know, I think it was in a quote from a young person. Ah, fair play. The report was very much Joe Watford's yeah. um, brainchild, passion, yeah. went around the country, you know, based on grounded theory, yeah. in-depth, long-term interviews with 35 young people who'd had at least a year of, of therapeutic support from FPB. So it kind of, that all came from him. We were, we were kicking around what the title should be and um, a young person had said like, kind of like this vibe of therapists in tracksuits yeah. and it was like as with all these things it was like a week before the, the report was published <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joey bless him sometimes could either a literal or you know slightly more academic route occasionally you know yeah. should we call it why how young people can engage with like vulnerable <laughs> mental health whatever yeah, 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 right. I'm thinking it's a good quote there let's call it therapists in, in, in tracksuits yeah. so I guess the young person would get the credit for the uh, yeah. the, the phrasing it's, it's uh, and, then it, and then it kind of emerged out the report so oh, man. but no we're excited about it it's super similar to the stuff that you're doing right so I appreciate us yeah. being here to chat together because yeah who knows what definitely we, we will be part of a yeah. a movement together but I would also hope there is a space for us to to, to co-deliver as well because it just feels like yeah. we, we, we're coming it with the same with the same intention right. same values and I imagine a, a lot of our staff are uh, feeling very similar things at both organizations 100% like I said it's not just words I think you don't always meet and connect with organizations or people where the ethos and the values um, and what you want to achieve align uh -huh. um, and like I said watching you guys I mean I, I'm not jealousy and envy isn't something which is, is an, a trait which I, I'm known for but when I see some of the stuff on your social media I'm just like oh man you guys are smashing it and I have to remind myself that our organisation is three years old um, but it's, no, it's, it's, but it's no, no. And it, I love it and I think it's brilliant and the connections you're making and I think it's also this is probably maybe another topic for uh, another podcast, but even just the way you do business, mm. um, the external relations, the partnerships that you've made and stuff like that, um, I've looked at and, I'm, and I've learned some stuff from you guys. And I think, if, I suppose just a quick aside, if you got to the point now where a lot of these partnerships with Nike and others 
are they coming to you or do you still need to kind of like knock on their door? Because it, you know, you've got some, I'm seeing you right in the mix. I'm seeing Ledley King. I'm seeing, you know, yeah. You, yeah, I can't just find up Tottenham and be like, yeah, can I do, you know, is this, yeah. it? But, and, I, and I say that in the sense that it's really good that all these people have caught onto your No, I get it, right. Um, just want to shout myself out. I don't <laughs> get excited about this, but on Friday, I was with Roberto Carlos in a film. I saw culture, this. That's another, another, another as jealous. A, as a left back, moment. right? Yeah, left back <laughs> growing up in the, like, in, like early 90s. Yeah. Like, that was big. I used to live in Brazil, so like uh, beautiful moment. I don't normally you talk about these players, but I've got a shout. No. Honestly, on this one, I was absolutely. I fun. saw it and I was like, again, you lot are just getting the big boys. What's the black book looking like? Oh mate, I mean my black book is not existing, unfortunately. <laughs> but hopefully, Carlos is, is in it. He's been watching us on Instagram stories. Yeah. I'm reliably told. So there was a serious point within this, though, which goes back to what we said previously about supervision, all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And the fact we're called football beyond borders, even though it confuses people in many ways. <laughs> the essential magic of FPV, and it goes back, really, it was my co-founder's vision, much more than mine in terms of the, the funding model, is we basically are trying to take the resource, the excitement, the passion from one of the most over-resourced spaces or, you know, football brands. It's not this bloody, this field in Shropshire. That day, I don't know how much she would have cost with eBay, right? All the cameras, yeah. all the crews, I'm massive. They, they put a stand up, right? It's just, there's so much. Yeah. Um, you were in Shrewsbury, right? Uh, it was, was in Shropshire, Shropshire. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of from Shrewsbury. Yeah. yeah. Shrewsbury's in Shropshire. Yeah. Anyway, so, so that to try and filter it back through to one of the most under resourced spaces in the country, right? You talk about um, structural change. Another thing we're not talking about, it was in the therapist in tracksuits report. But this vulnerability premium, it's nuts at the moment. The young people who we are talking about, who we work with, they get a little bit of extra funding often because of the free school meal, but there is no additional funding attached to young people and children in need plans. Yeah. And often young people with send support plans, apart from the general high needs block. So like we can do this work. We can sit here smugly being like, look, we're working with all these people. Mm. We're providing supervision to our staff doing this event at Tottenham Stadium because We've got football in our name, which allows us to tap yep. into those spaces. People want to be associated with that. Mm -hmm. And because we deliberately built that brand. But you shouldn't really have to build some nuts brand to be able to do effective yeah, work with young people. But you say, well, I know it's interesting. Although I'm, maybe you should. Uh, well, I was going to say, from a young person's perspective, young person's that's perspective that's brand well. is yeah, important. Yeah, exactly. and, and, and everything from logos and who you're connected from a young people's, yeah. it doesn't. Uh, take away from the relationship conversation because you could have none of that but you relate the kids will always remember the relationships yeah. but I think I always say that I try and run power to fight a bit like a record label yeah exactly because I'm That's just like you, you've got yeah. you've got to be motivated you've got to have your teams you've got to have your street yeah. teams you've got you've got to keep thinking about how you're promoting yeah, and exactly. and and I think actually not many charities in our space really think like that no definitely not. because I think when you're a charity You've always got to promote. It's, yeah. it, it took me a while to realise because I'm not really a self promoter. And when I started Power to Fight, I was a bit like, you know, I don't think my social media presence is necessarily as big as it is now. So, but then people kept on saying, Ben, actually, this is the one time you can legitimately promote yeah. yourself and your charity because you know the money isn't going in your yeah. pocket; it's yeah, going yeah, yeah. to. So when I when I worked that out, I was like, yeah. oh. Okay, let's 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 big ourselves up. Let's let's go for it. And I and I think, yeah, you the way you guys are um, maneuvering, I think it's brilliant and it's and it's amazing to see. And it matters to our young people. You're exactly right. So yeah, I take that back around from a business sense. It, 
it shouldn't maybe have to be that hard as in yeah. this work should be properly funded yeah. supervision training yeah. proper salaries yeah. definitely but you're 100 percent right that the brand is crucial for our young people we talk about fpb family yeah people have pride in being associated with fpb our young people whatever i mean stupid example right but they love the fact we've got the verification on tiktok yeah and again that I'm so far from having TikTok. Are you dancing on TikTok? Oh, doing the, what's it called? The sturdy. I was got to thought the sturdy <laughs> really? was in Shropshire on Friday. Actually, one of my boys who come down from Salford. So yeah, get in there. I'm quite rating, honestly. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm quite I'm... rate the fact that I'm a big dancer. Love it, but super wild, right? Mm. Really, Malcolm X's biography recently and he was... He was like, realized he was saying like, why not, not that I know how to dance, but like, all you need, white people don't know how to dance, they're doing it in too much of a structured way. All you got to do is like, feel it and, and go for it, the passion. And like, yeah. I'm like doing stuff in bands just because I dance like a maniac, right? I just move my legs. I'm from the drum and bass generation, right? Oh, really? So that's me because, yeah. what is it? I don't know, 100, 120 BPMs or something? About I can just about get about around. 170. 170. Yeah. I can just about get away with that. So, <laughs> Anyway, I'm loving that now. It seems like the TikTok movements. Yeah. People, it's, it's liberating those legs to, to right. jump around that sturdy. I'm, right. I'm... I need to get, I mean, our digital content lead, Yasmin, we've had conversations about how to fight TikTok accounts. And I said, <laughs> as long as I'm nowhere near it. Yeah, got, exactly. I've got no problem. But, exactly. So it's, a, it's an interesting one. Listen, I, I feel like we could honestly talk all day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm chatting drum and bass. No, you, spoke, you just spoke about drum and bass. So there's, there's, a, there's, yeah. a music, there's a music <laughs> conversation. No, 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 there's a music <laughs> conversation I'd love to have. Um, and, you know, we haven't spoken about you, you playing left back and three times a week playing football. <laughs> you support Bolton, you know, proper football team, unlike me. So it's like, you know, yeah. it's, there's lots of yeah. stuff we could go on about. Mate, I just want to say thank you for coming in and thank you for the work that you are doing. It is inspirational. Um, it's it's so powerful. You've got young people. Honestly, when I came to your 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 evening, uh, your showcase and the amount of young people and this was what was beautiful for me. I brought, uh, I brought Laura along with me in my head of training to see the young people so confident mm. um, to lead these workshops. And, but as you said, the pride they had in in representing Football Beyond Borders, it was beautiful to watch. So I just want to say thank you so much, man. You are, you're doing brilliant work and um, yeah, big up, big up your team, big up yourself, man. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. No and lovely to be here. Loving Power of the Fight. Um, Loving our conversation. So yeah, first to many. Let's hope. Definitely, definitely. Nice one. Thank you.